Hello and welcome to the Guelph Politicast. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today I talked to Steve Petrick, who is the chair of the Transit Action Alliance of Guelph, or TAG. We used to have these quarterly checkups about transit issues in Guelph and how to improve them, but last March the pandemic hit and there was suddenly very limited transit service to talk about. Hardly anyone was going anywhere, and if they did have to go somewhere, it was on a very limited capacity bus that was running on a reduced schedule. Buses are still running on a reduced schedule, though, but now the city of Guelph is looking to the future. First with the transportation master plan, and now with a review of a new 10-year plan for transit expansion. But how is all of this sitting with local transit fans? Well, let's find out on this new edition of the Transit Pass, which is the topic of this week's Guelph Politicast. The last time we had a Transit Pass edition of the podcast, it was about this time last year, and Guelph Transit was still operating on the basis of only 10 people at a time. The shape and breadth of the pandemic was still uncertain. People were hoping that the worst was over, but nobody knew that for sure. In the weeks that followed, masking allowed more people to get back on the bus. But the almost non-existent number of in-person classes at the University of Guelph drove a big hole in ridership and revenue. Ridership's been difficult to maintain through the second wave and then the third wave, and it was at a city council meeting earlier this year that it was said it would take transit about two to three years to recover ridership post-pandemic. Having said that, though, the city and Guelph Transit are looking to the future. There was the reveal of the draft transportation master plan a few weeks ago at council, and now the city is collecting feedback about a proposed 10-year expansion and realignment of transit routes. The idea is to make routes that take people to the places they want to go, and to make it easier for them to get there with greater frequency. By doing this, the goal is to reduce the number of trips that Guelphites take by car every year by about 19%. For every five trips you take in the car, Council wants you to take one of those trips on a bus, or on a bike, or by using your own two feet. Sounds easy enough, but does Council have the will to make that goal a reality. Steve Petrick will join us on this week's Guelph Politicast to pursue this and many other pressing transit questions. We will talk about his reaction to Council's reaction about the goals of the Transportation Master Plan and the struggle to make transit an ongoing priority for City Council. We will also talk about the good news in the 10-year plan, the part of the plan that still presents challenges, and whether City Council is going to be willing to proceed with these ambitious changes. And finally, Patrick will talk about what it's like to take the bus these days, the future for intercity transit, and whether we'll need those two to three years to get ridership back on the proverbial track. So I caught up with Steve Patrick earlier this week via Zoom. Steve Patrick, welcome back to the Guelph Politicast. How are you doing? I am good. How are you? I can't complain. Um, Can't complain at all. I was thinking about something to complain about, but I mean, all things considered, you know how it is. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about transit stuff again. Um, A lot's been happening lately, but I mean, let's just talk about on the ground stuff. You're on transit more than I am. I do get out and about on transit occasionally, but I I don't have to go to work every day like you do. Um, Well, I work every day, but I get to stay at home to do it. But I mean, how... How have things been on transit, like uh, even like business wise? Like, are you feeling safe? Uh, everybody's taking it seriously. How do you how do you feel on the bus now? 
Uh, yeah, ever since the masks were made uh, man made mandatory, um, it's definitely feels a lot safer. Um, I've seen evidence that shows that because we're wearing masks on transit, that it's not a major spreader of COVID nineteen. So it's definitely a safer um, option for people to use transit. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's I've seen days where that bus has been full of people, twenty twenty five people, and other days where it's just me. So. <laughs> It's uh, it's definitely been an interesting ride for the last um, few months. Mm. Have you tried that on-demand transit yet? I did give it a whirl. Um, <laughs> I did the um, on-demand using the mobility vehicle that they're using, um, which was fine. Um, and it's uh, it's different. I'll say that much. <laughs> I'm waiting to take it out on the 16, but I have to find a day that will work for me for that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've generally found uh, I went out yesterday and there was about a dozen people on the bus and I thought, wow, this is a lot of people. Um, so having said all that, there's I mean, there was that report a couple of months ago, maybe it was more than a couple of months ago, but, the, you know, the, the, it basically said it would be but like two to three years before transit bounced back. And I'm wondering if maybe you have that feeling I do that maybe that is a bit pessimistic i mean especially if schools are in person again in the fall if the university's in person again in the fall if things are like relatively back to normal um are, are we gonna are we gonna see that reflected in transit ridership given the experience now do you think um from what i've been reading i mean it, it's it will definitely bounce back pretty quick because not everybody's going to be working from home. And when Mm -hmm. students return, obviously that's a big chunk of our ridership in Guelph at least. Um, And uh, you know, a lot of people will want to be back out to interact with people. I mean, we've all been sitting at home for months and, and, and and people want to get out and experience things and activities. So transit will be a big component to that. So I, I don't believe it'll be like a two to three year thing. It will definitely be down initially, um, and that's just because there will be people that won't be commuting as much, but they'll still be commuting. Mm. Um, you know, and I think if you look at um, you know how cities have how how transit is important to the life of cities, right? Um, right now, obviously, it's it's um, it makes cities vibrant, obviously. Um, but it's all vanished, you know, because of the, the, the pandemic. So um, there is definitely going to be challenges to bringing people back. Um, and, and some of that ways of doing that is to enhance the service, right, is to invest in the service and put more buses, uh, you know, out there, more frequency and, and dedicated lanes or buses and things like that to get people back on board. Because that will enhance and enable a transit rider to have access to, you know, more job opportunities and more restaurants and other businesses spend their money. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into the the sort of long-term plans then. Um, maybe we'll start with the, <laughs> the most yeah. broad, the broad one. Yeah. yeah, transportation, yeah transportation master, master plan. plan. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's something you asked about, uh, asked for, for a long time. So, you know, uh, did it deliver and how much did it disappoint you? Well, I mean, this is just <laughs> setting up, this is setting up the, the dominoes, I guess, as you say. Yeah. Um, and those options, 
uh, were definitely interesting. Um, obviously, recommendation two and three were very close with op op yeah, recommendation three um, being the one where they're going to set aside space for other transportation uses, primarily transit, cycling, walking, and and whatever new kind of technologies that might be coming down the pipeline. Although at this rate, it doesn't look like they're going to be here in the next decade or longer. So, um, so I mean, it was a it's a good choice, but I, I understand where some where council was kind of being concerned about allocating this space away from cars. Um, and it, I was kind of sitting there going, were they listening or did they read the report that? said this space will still you know obviously cars are not going to be the priority but this space is going to move more people per hour because of buses carrying more people this space you know will uh could only be a bus only lane maybe during peak times and the rest of the time for hov i mean there's a lot more to it than what was uh than what some councillors were, were saying at that meeting mm -hmm. but i mean is there kind of because of that i mean there was definite hesitation about you know changing the road i guess you know de i don't know how to phrase it but like deprioritizing the roads for cars like mm -hmm. it it's it seems like there's a lot of skepticism not like universal skepticism but just like a general skepticism but along with that i mean what i think the transportation master plan did not answer is how you encourage people to not use their cards as much because I think it's important to note that the report, the goal of the report isn't to eliminate 20% of the cars on the road. The report is to, is to reduce the number of trips in cars by 20%. And it's like, that seems like almost like a bare minimum requirement, like the 20% trips. So one out of every five trips you take in your car, you use another way. And, that I, I I think that there's there's a very kind of lack of incentive in the plan to try and reach that I think I think kind of like minimal target. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we need to be prioritizing cycling and and biking and walking and transit above cars. Mm. Um, that is well known. We did a um, uh, a webinar recently about integrated transportation for biking, cycling, cars, and, and transit, and, and how that balance is, you know, is going to definitely be top heavy for, you know, the most uh, environmentally friendly options. Um, and I don't think staff kind of sold council enough on that or provided them enough information on that. I think that was kind of missing. Um, and when we get into, um, you know, uh, the the how we get there um obviously this plan it, it, it's it's kind of out of order because when we mm. did our research on the transportation master plan we, we looked at over a hundred different <laughs> transportation master plans across the country in the united states um and and it felt like guelph was kind of going all over the place um i had the opportunity to talk to somebody in the profession and when i showed them this plan and this is 
from them. They were said, this is a messy approach to how they're doing this. They've got the transportation master plan going here right now. They're not looking at the official plan update till after they're doing the transit master plan after they've done a route review. It's just all over the place. And they don't know how they're going to bring this all together to make it all a cohesive plan. Um, and they're a bit concerned that it's going to be lacking things. And you saw that obviously in the transportation master plan meeting is there is information that wasn't really given to council to at least reassure them that these transit lanes are good for, you know, the community, that this option, this is how this option would work. And, you know, all of these positives. So, you know, that's, um, that's kind of a concern for our group um, is how do we, how do we get to that, you know, convincing people and it's, it's going to be, how do we tie this all together? And it's, it's really tough when this city is doing it in the way it's doing it, which is as one of our members says, the Guelph way, you know, right. <laughs> and, and they worked in the construction industry. They, they've worked with, you know, the city over the years and it, it Guelph has got its own way of doing, doing things. Um, and it can be frustrating at times, especially for people that have lived here for a long time. <laughs> right. And I mean, I, when I talk to people about transit and, you know, transit improvements and, you know, the one side of the story as well, you know, things have gotten better. But the other but when you get down to the like just the micro level for me, from where I live uh, 20 years ago, it took it was a 75 minute round trip to get to the University of Guelph from where I live on transit. 20 years later, it's ex it's still 75 minutes. It's just the the, the one the trip there is now longer than the trip back, whereas before the trip home was longer and the, the trip there was faster. It just, you know, it, it, if it feels like you're standing still, you are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, the best transportation plan is always a great use plan. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've we've let this flawed traffic modeling determine our uh, and limited land loose determine, you know, where we're going. Um, and, and, you know, the, the transit route review and the transportation master plan are showing you where we're going to improve frequency. We're going to put transit priority measures in place to make transit go faster so that your trip time is cut down um and those those are important pieces but we have to kind of get this all together into one cohesive plan so that everybody understands it and and i don't we're not quite getting the full picture right now um i do i can't really blame staff on that because you know they're they're doing the best they can considering where we're at in this pandemic yeah. um but you know, uh, I think for council, maybe they need to be educated a little bit more, kind of get out of that Guelph bubble and find out that, you know what, a lot of these other cities that have been successful doing this, because a lot of these complaints that I heard at that transportation master plan from some councillors, we've heard them before. We have answers for all of these things. They've been disproven time and time again. Mm -hmm. There's lots of cities that have been successful uh, of getting people to look at the other modes of transportation, Brampton, Kingston, for goodness sake. Um, you know, these are, these are cities that we should be looking at more. Um, and, and, you know, these old adages of, you know, it's a war on cars. It's not a war on cars. It's just trying to get you to look at these options and maybe use these options as part of your transportation, you know, uh, trips. Let me phrase it this way though. I mean, how much of it is a learning on the part of council? Um, because, you know, Shan Motway has been big on this, like take the transit challenge, like use the bus for a week and see how it goes. And there are a lot of counselors who have picked, you know, taken her and others up on that. 
Um, but now it seems like we understand that there are issues with transit or they understand there are issues with transit. Uh, but then, you, you know, I think it was Phil who, who you know, tried it and, and like openly admitted it and said, like, this does not work for me. Yeah. And we get to that point and that's where we hit the wall because then we get the same level of service. And indeed we hear a lot of those same arguments again and again. I mean, I, I feel like there's a drinking game at, at every time there's a transit, a mention of transit at a council meeting is that the first, every time somebody says a bus goes by my house and it's empty, you drink, you know, I, I guess it's a matter of, you know, <laughs> have we reached the limit of what educating council can do? Um, I don't think so. I think it's, it's more of a, I think it's a disconnect. Um, there's a governance issue going on at city hall. I find lately, I think there's, there's all this high level talk and not enough information is coming into that high level talking. Um, you know, when we, when you look at that transportation master plan meeting, I mean, they mentioned about those transit lanes, but they didn't really deep dive into it to better inform council. Um, maybe there's a need for, uh, the Coles notes of, of some of this stuff for them in these reports so that they can understand a little bit more about what staff were talking about because it, it felt a bit lacking in information and, th and then you, you hear the mayor you know saying I'm, I'm voting against this because I'm a bit worried of the transit lanes well you know there's a lot more to it <laughs> you know right it will come back to council it's going to be in the uh, budget it's going to have public consultation and it may not be a transit lane 24 7 it may be just during rush hour so there's there's a lot of things that you know staff should be at least giving council so they can get the full picture and, and that's been a struggle in this city i think for for uh quite some time but in in that thing and i noted that in my my today column it, it just you know it wasn't even staff saying yeah like part of the plan is we're going to have these you know dedicated transit lanes it was like in the future maybe if there's enough ridership on transit we might look at mm -hmm. possibly mm -hmm. having dedicated transit lanes in select places and you know, I've made this joke before. It's like the monocles fell off their face into the champagne glass. It was yeah. just, it, it, that's what it felt like. It was just like, oh my God, I cannot support this if we're going to let buses run the road. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, but, and, and that's like an, like a, not a, I guess it is a, a systemic problem, it, but it's like a part of a general attitude. The mere hint of the possibility that maybe some way, buses would have their own lane on the road was enough to make five members of council want to scuttle this. Yeah. Or, or being stuck in traffic for an extra five minutes. Yeah. Now, like it, for an education purposes, like we would, we have information that can show you how that lane would work. Um, how many cars that would be taken off the road. So imagine that bus 10 minutes, there's 40 people per bus every 10 minutes. That's a lot of people per hour compared to one person in a car. Now, don't get us wrong. There are always going to be people that will need a car for, for certain things and certain activities. And I know one counselor did, you know, point out that there's activities like hockey, for example. That's fine. We're not saying, you know, give up your car <laughs> overall. We're just saying there's trips that you could possibly not have to use the car. Your kids, do they really need to be driven to school? Maybe they can use transit to get to school. So, you know, this is this, this is information that really needs to come from 
from, you know, from us as a community, but also from staff as well. And it just wasn't there in this making this option. Well, if I'm going, you know, downtown for like a storm game or art in the street or something, you know, can I just hop on the bus? Yeah. I mean, we, we basically run shuttle buses from all over the city to go downtown. To, to downtown, yeah. It's literally <laughs> like <laughs> you've got as many options as you want to get downtown, but people just want to drive downtown. You want that pedestrian free thing. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to drive downtown for a pedestrian experience. I'd rather get on the bus to do that so that I can save the, you know, the hassle of uh, driving down there to mm -hmm. uh you know supposed to be helping the environment and everything as well so it like <laughs> it, it's like are we seeing the whole picture here or not yeah yeah but i mean that's that's a paradox right is is that you know if they talk about the, the car free experience pedestrian free experience but nobody seems to be able to get to that connection of the selling point to the coming downtown for the car free experience is that you drive downtown and park in one of the lots and then you get out of your car and then you walk around and you, boy, you and you say to yourself, boy, this is great. Look at how car free this is. But it's not really car free. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I mean, there, yeah. just just before I let you answer, just it, it there's. It's a cognitive thing, right? And it goes back to, I think that was Councillor Gibson who said, like, oh, what about people driving to sports practice and things? It's like, again, it comes down to trips. I'm not saying get rid of, I'm not saying city staff should go down the street and say, this person has four cars, get rid of two. This person has three cars, now you have two. It, it just, we're saying trips, trips. Can we focus on trips? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the different options. Do you really need that car to go to the storm game when you can, show your ticket and pay a buck. Yeah. Like these are, these are good things. Um, I can't remember what your last thing was. Now <laughs> it went out of my head. Uh, I was on a tear. It's no problem. You were. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. That's, that's all right. <laughs> doesn't matter. Edit that part. <laughs> we'll edit that out. Moving on. Um, th the other part of this that's come out lately is the, the root um, proposed root changes. Um, and I was looking over it this morning and I remember when I first saw it, I was like, oh, gosh, again. And I mean, how many times do we tinker with this? I don't know how about you. I don't know how you feel. But um, I mean, le leaving aside that it's gonna, like a 10 year phase in. It's not like th there are not terrible ideas in this plan. Right. Am I wrong about that? You, you, you are correct. The, this plan um, checks off a lot of things from our group's advocacy point of view. Um, and our essential elements, a good transit piece that we put out, it, it really is starting to, um, you know, they're listening to us, which is really good. We're, we're really impressed with that, that there's things that we've been advocating for that are finally on paper and we can see that they're getting it. Um, is it perfect? No, obviously. Mm. <laughs> there's a lot of, um, you know, things that we have concerns with, uh, little things. But overall, I mean, it looks good. It's definitely more grid-like. It's, you know, transit-only lane signal priority that will come through the transit priority measure. You know, there's a lot less turning. The routes are more straight and simple. They're more accessible because they're running in both directions now, so you don't have to go on one-way loop, you know, long twisting winding routes. So there's, there's a lot of things that, uh, that are good in this plan. Yeah, yeah. Uh Still no Sunday night service for most of the routes. There is there is slight adjustments. The 99 will go later. Um, I think starting in year five. Um, and like, year year three. Uh, excuse year me. Three? Year two. 
Is it? Okay. Yeah. And some routes, well, you know, some of the new routes, like the Speedvale one, will go a bit later on Sunday, but still, for the most part, the system will be closed at about seven on a Sunday, which I like. I think that if we're talking about improving transit, that's kind of one of the issues I'm yeah, thinking about. That, that's one of the advocacy points that we, we've looked at uh, things that they can improve because. You know, there's a reduction of service on some routes, like Route mm-hmm. 1, 3, and 7, where it's going to go to a Saturday service span, excuse me, a Sunday service schedule, so 9.15 to 6.45. Um, so there's kind of concerns there. Uh, but the, yeah, that lack of increased Sunday evening service, there's a huge gap um, between years 2 and 3, and then the next time another route that goes to that type of length, which is not till year 9. So that's a big gap in between um that you know that sunday night service and there's still a lot of routes ending at seven in between this now are there solutions to this Mm. possible um (laughs) on demand is a good tool that could possibly fill in the gaps but of course we don't know what that you know the end game with that is Mm -hmm. um and is there a possibility that we could extend some other routes a little bit later into the evenings there is there's a few routes that we we were looking at that uh, would make it more attractive for people to use transit. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, like ex- extending the 99 to like 10 or 11 o'clock on a Sunday, I mean, that's good. But if you're working at Walmart doing the late shift um, and you live like on Victoria road or uh, Elmira road, you know, <laughs> the 99 only gets you so far. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it is definitely uh part of that that's part of our concern is definitely looking at that sunday service i mean it's nice that they're they're fine like an extensive of but how does how are we bridging between you know year two and three with the speedvale 99 and year nine with the victoria uh mm. that would will, will extend its hours at, you know to bring people in and out during those uh you know times that everybody else is running 9 15 to uh seven so you know, th- that's a question that we're going to be asking, asking them and, and seeing what their answer is. Mm-hmm. How about the timeline, like these changes over 10 years? I mean, in the past, we've seen council or not council, but like the, the staff changes, like we change the whole system at once. And that immediately creates all sorts of confusion and things, because no matter how great the the public engagement, people are invariably going to get lost in the shuffle. So, you know, doing a little bit at a time over 10 years, uh, better or you know are people are, like are people going to be pulling their hair out by year nine going like oh another change <laughs> um it, it's a mixed bag on this one we we discussed this a couple of days ago and, and you know we feel like if we had everything ready to go you could probably do this in a five-year span we think we can accomplish this between a five and eight years but some of this is contingent on the new transit facility, which is not till about 2025, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bus resources from the ICIP funding. So there's there's a lot of things that we have to wait on. And of course, there's COVID. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how, how are we, how are things going to land in the next couple of years? Is this plan, does this plan make sense in year two or three? Do we have to delay it? Do, do we have to speed it up? So there's a lot of factors we're, we're moving target right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's i don't I'm, I'm not sure how to feel about it i mean because i mean 10 years is a long time and anything can happen right and it, it just yeah. you know what happened you know what happens we get to year three and you know 
there's a, an update, a report on something, and the changes aren't producing the results people want. And then do we get back to this whole the empty bus passed my house paradox that, you know, seems to inform so many points of view about transit. Yeah. That, that's some, one of our concerns too, is that, you know, after four or five years, another council will come in, there'll be an update and they're going to say, well, we want to change it up. We want to slow it down or speed it up or something, something that will, you know, uh, change things. Um, it, it's really hard right now to project anything <laughs> you know, beyond the next year or two um, because of the COVID and the impacts of it. So, it, you know, I can, I can, I will expect, you know, there will be some changes, you know, to this down the road. Um, one of the things I've learned in advocacy and all this uh, research and stuff is that too many councils make the mistake of making changes before it's given time to grow and, you know, catch on um one of the proposals in this year two of this plan is to reduce the evening service on 99 from every 10 minutes to every 20 minutes mm. now they're basing it up based on uh, the number of people per bus per hour but in good transit planning if you're having a frequent route like that you want to maintain the service at, a, at the same schedule throughout the day even if ridership's a little bit lower in, in those evening points because it's predict it's predictable you, right. people will know that that bus runs every 10 minutes or every 15 minutes and they can get on it when they want to that's attractive that gets people on transit so this you know they're trying to do the old nickel and diming obviously because um, that's what the city's known for a lot is is being efficient but sometimes efficiencies actually could cost us money Mm. You know, by by underfunding it in and under providing the service, and then you know nobody's riding it. Well, why is nobody riding it? Well, because you're not giving us the right amount of frequency that would bring freedom for people and be competitive to cars and you know everything else. I don't think people who don't take transit realize what a pain in the ass it is at the end of the day when it's like shifting from the peak service to the regular to. The, the other service the off-peak service you know not knowing like is this too late to you know when when the bus comes at one time it comes at you know quarter after 35 after 55 after and then it goes to quarter after 45 after and you know where where is that thin line and if you're in a hurry and you have a last minute appointment and things um you know that's that's a cognitive minefield that you you don't have to go through if if either a the bus is on a set schedule or b if you're you know sort of able to move on your own with your own vehicle yeah that that's one of our concerns is that the removal of that uniform frequency uh, a lot of the routes are changing to every 20 minutes on weekdays middays and saturdays so some of those transfer times will be lengthened and the trip times will have a greater degree of variability ideally routes they, they should be operating every 15 or 30 minutes so that it ensures that the journey time is more consistent no matter when traveling. So, you know, that, that's a point that we're going to be raising. How, I hate to phrase it this way, but how willing is council, do you think, going to go? I mean, the present council, who knows where we might be in, in you know, two years. But I mean, how willing do you think council is, to move forward with something like this after, you know, we had 
this proposal last, not last fall, but like two falls ago before COVID where it's like, we're going to add, you know, new bus routes. And some of those bus routes are kind of calcified in the new transit route review. Um, you know, is, is there an appetite on council? Do you think to, you know, start instituting some of these changes? Well, uh, some of this is already signed up uh, in, on paper. Uh, through ICIP, through the federal funding. So it has to happen. <laughs> We've already made that decision. So, you know, that speedwell route has to happen because we, we got that funding and it's contingent on having that route. Um, so th- there are some aspects of this plan that council's kind of already approved without really seeing all the details. Right. Um, but the rest of it, yeah, there there is a bit of concern. Obviously, the price tag for this um, which we haven't seen yet, but we did talk to transit and yeah, it, it's definitely going to be cost money. Um, but we have our arguments of what that investment spinoffs will do for the, the community. We know every dollar that is invested in transit has a $5 spinoff economically in our community and all the environmental savings, uh, meeting our climate goals. There's so many wins that it would be hard for a councillor to not vote for this. Hmm. Although we know there probably will be one or two that will. I was going to say. (laughs) Despite all the evidence, because (laughs) that that has always been the frustration is everybody says public transit. Some people say public transit's a waste of money. And it always has to be subsidized. But we're subsidizing healthcare because of the pollution. We're subsidizing um, parking because of by ta- business and taxes. We're subsidizing the police and fire pandemics for all the accidents that happen with cars. Yeah, you know yeah. the cost of car maintenance and insurance, and you know the uh, you know the um, highways and the street repairs. Like it, it there's a win-win-win by putting money into transit. And you save more money in the long run. So there's 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 got to be counselors on there that got to stop for a second and just look beyond um, look for you know beyond the forest for the trees. Right. Yeah. And, and start seeing uh, you know that there is a there's a lot more to it than just the short term pain of you know having to pay a little bit more in taxes and whatnot to what will happen down the road in savings. I was going to say, too, it's this is a good week to have that this conversation after like one guy caused five accidents in one car last last week downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, no one was killed, so we can uh, make jokes about it. Before we wrap up, I do want to address this sort of larger piece, which is like regional transit, intercity transit, which largely gets you know forgotten in even our transit discussions. But I mean, it's even more important now. Greyhound is pulled out of Canada you know, with the exception of running routes from America to Toronto and Montreal and Vancouver. So, I mean, what, what should be happening now or what would you like the city, what would you like to see the city be doing in terms of like trying to develop more intercity transit? And I mean, outside, obviously two way all day go, which seems to be the priority still. Yeah. Um, I know in the budget, staff did put in having a bus between here and uh, Fairview to connect to the ION. Mm. Um, but that's not until I believe 2023 and it's all contingent on COVID obviously. But now that Greyhound has pulled out, this is the time that we need to act. We need to put something into place. 
even with where we're, where we're coming out of this COVID um, pandemic, you know, I, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. So we have to start, you know, finding, uh, start building this transit system better. And one way is to, you know, put a bus between here and Kitchener or here in Cambridge. Um, do we have the resources for that right now? I don't know. Um, if, is there a way that we can talk to our neighbors in, in GRT, you know, uh, is there a way Gold Transit can find some resources? I don't know yet. <laughs> um, you know, they've got in their 10-year plan a Hamilton to Guelph bus. I know that much. Mm. Um, but, you know, we need to find solutions within the next 6 to 12 months because as we're coming out of this, people will want to, you know, will need to get to work. And I know a lot of people that took Greyhound to Kitchener to get to work. So we need to find a solution uh, in the short term uh, before – because two-way all day is still definitely – it seems close, but it's still far away. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, you you just said it. You know, there were people who did commute to Kitchener on the Greyhound, and now their option is, you know, assuming they aren't still going to work now, some of them may very well be, but when they are sort of called back to the office, when they are called back to the office, their 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 options now are to get a car, and I mean that's not always feasible for some people. But then the only public transit option is to get on the go, go down half an hour to Aberfoyle Park and Ride, wait there for an hour for the Kitchener bus to come and pick you up. And, and you know, and again, from where I'm sitting, Kitchener is like a 20 minute drive. Yeah, it, it's true. It's, yeah. it's just it, it, it's been frustrating for years. Yeah, yeah. I, I've given up job opportunities in Kitchener because the transit just isn't there. Um, and I don't think I could wait any longer, really, <laughs> at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, th there there are national companies that are looking to expand in Ontario. I've heard a few. Nothing okay. really in this region yet. So I'm hopeful that maybe somebody will, will notice us soon <laughs> and set up something soon. Um, but if that doesn't happen, then yeah, the municipal government and, and Metrolinks really need to look at finding a way to you know, fill in the gap until we get two-way all-day go service. Mm -hmm. Well, from your lips to somebody's ears, we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, we have to leave that there for now. Uh, but any discussion about transit is like a discussion, and this was a great discussion. So, Stephen Patrick, thank you for uh, for your time today. Thank you for having me. And once again, that was Steve Patrick. To learn more about the Transit Action Alliance of Guelph, go to their website at tag guelph.com that's tag guelph all one word.com the city of guelph is collecting feedback about the proposed changes to transit routes and you can see all those maps and documents at the city's have your say page at haveyoursay.guelph.ca there is also a town hall about the proposed changes which takes place next wednesday june 16th at 7 p.m and you can follow that on the city's facebook page and that's it for this edition of the Guelph Politicast. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale. The Guelph Politicast is usually recorded at CFRU at the University Center on the University of Guelph campus. And to learn more about CFRU, go to CFRU.ca. You can download the Guelph Politicast on Wednesday from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And you can download it from the host at Podbean at GuelphPoliticast.Podbean.com. When you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, you'll get an episode of Open Sources Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. 
You can get in touch with me by email at adamadonaldson at gmail.com. Reach me through Twitter at adamadonaldson or at Guelph Politico. There is also the Guelph Politico Facebook page, which you can find at facebook.com slash politicoguelph. And if you'd like to help build a locally sourced independent media outlet in the city of Guelph, then please consider donating to Guelph Politico. And you can find it how at guelphpolitico.ca slash donate. And for all the latest local political news, check out guelphpolitico.ca, where there will be a new episode of the Guelph Politicast for you this time next week. And until then, we will see you next time. (laughs) 